Today, I am talking to you all about unconditional love. Does unconditional love exist? Or is it just this fantasy or a concept or far-reaching ideal that we've come up with but have never been able to obtain? So I'm gonna be getting into that. But before I do, let's hear a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Restorative Family Services. We are a behavioral health practice Our mission is to provide quality, affordable, and accessible mental health care to the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. If you are struggling and in a dark place, we are here to help. Visit our website at www.restorativefamilyservices.com. This podcast is brought to you by Private Practice, where we provide leadership training and practice management coaching specific to helping mental health professionals build their private practice to provide a much needed service for their community. Want to learn more? Visit our website at www.privatepractice.com. I've heard from both men and women that they are looking for their partner to love them unconditionally. And it sounds great, but does it really exist in real relationship? Because sometimes we can have idea of how we want people to love us, but in reality, it is just unattainable. So let's dig into what it means to be loved unconditionally. So according to the dictionary definition, I'm pulling this from Merriam-Webster Dictionary. The definition of unconditional love states this, not conditional or limited, absolute, unqualified, unconditional surrender, unconditional love. So I said a lot there. So what does it mean? You know, well, the strictest definition or interpretation of that is unconditional love means that someone continues to love you without limits and without qualifications. The concepts mean that no matter how you behave, someone will continue to love you. Okay, so let's take that apart. Because love in itself is an expression because we don't have access to what people think, to what they feel. You know, we interpret how they behave to give us information as to how they feel about us. So there's some communication. So love has to be expressed. Something has to be done and your partner then interprets that expression of your love on how you feel about them. Hope I'm making sense out there. So in order for us to feel love, we have to judge someone's behavior, the way they behave, the way they treat us, the way they make us feel, or the way we feel when we're around them, the things that they do all help us to feel loved. And this is where Gary Chapman's um, Five Languages of Love is because for everyone, that's different. Some people might interpret gift givings as love. Some people might interpret uh, words of affirmation as love and service as love and physical touch as love. So there's so many different ways that that can be interpreted. And it's solely based on the individual. So the individual is filtering this behavior through what they need to feel loved. Okay, so for many people to feel safe in a relationship, there needs to be some sort of expectation, some sort of limitation, emotional safety. And as this is just the human experience, right? So to expect someone 
will love you always, despite whether you return the love to them, despite whether you betray their trust, despite whether there is emotional and physical harm. It's just not a realistic way. So in majority of relationships, there are conditions. We have conditions on our love. So that means, hey, when we get married, when we walk down that aisle, it's, hey, if you promise to love me through sickness and health, if you promise to do all these things, right? And, you know, just everyone has different vows, right? We have conditions. That means I will continue to love you as long as you treat me right. I will continue to love me as long as you don't cheat on me, as long as you respect me, as long as you don't emotionally abuse me, physically abuse me, as long as you don't lie to me, you know, so all those are limits and conditions, right? And they're all based on behavior. So this idea of unconditional love doesn't really exist. It's a concept, but there is love because it is an expression, because it is a behavior. We have acceptable ways of behaving when we love someone. There is a code of conduct. There are things you do when you love someone and there are things you tolerate when you're in a relationship. So when most people think of unconditional love, I think they are talking about acceptance, commitment, and forgiveness. All things you need in a relationship, all things you need in a healthy relationships, you know, making sure that you're going to have that emotional safety because, you know, we're going to make mistakes. We are imperfect beings. We will make mistakes and we want to be loved through those mistakes. We want to be loved and, and given an opportunity to grow. So that's where the acceptance, the commitment toward the relationship, the forgiveness comes in. But again, those are all behaviors. Those are all behaviors that occur. And a lot of those things exist outside of the partner. So when you're in a relationship, you are hoping that you receive acceptance and commitment and forgiveness from your partner. And those lie within their own character. So someone can be accepting of certain things and, and everyone comes with their own package of what they will accept in a relationship and what they won't accept. So these are the limits. These are the qualifications, right? And as you remember from the, the definition I read that unconditional love means that there are no limits. There are no qualifications that the love is just there. There's nothing that you can do or not do to in increase the love because it's just an unconditional love. All right. And that is not something that we, as flawed as we are, as human as we are, can offer because a relationship is typically reciprocal. It's a shared event. It's a dynamic, so to speak. So We'll get into more of that in a little bit. So many of us offer conditional love, like what I said before, and that's okay. Conditions are very healthy. Conditions, also known as standards, also known as boundaries, are needed to be in a healthy relationship. So we, we set limits for every relationship that we, we have. And that teaches people how to connect with us because we are all individual beings. And to assume that we have some enmeshment or shared consciousness is not practical. It's not a practical way of living. And many of us don't do that. 
So it's okay to understand that in order for a healthy relationship to exist, there has to be healthy boundaries, right? So when you form a union with someone during the courtship phase, you are determining whether the person is able to meet those certain standards that you have for yourself, whether your standards are, are they supportive? Are they respectful? Are they goal oriented, physically attractive? Are you physically attracted to that person? Uh, Do they have good hygiene? Are they family oriented? Are your values aligned? So there's all this court and qualifications that people uh, do during the dating phase or during that courtship phase to determine whether or not they can be in alignment with this person. And that's the relationship. That's how a relationship is built. That's how love is built. Love is always expressed. So here are some ways, here are some practical ways to make sure that your relationship has healthy boundaries, right? Healthy conditions so that you foster and nurture the relationship so that it continues to grow so that your needs continue to be met in this relationship. So the very first thing, number one, is there must be mutual respect. So um, respect is admiration, honoring that person, just holding that person up to a high regard, a positive regard, having a positive regard for that person. And there needs to be mutually respect um, shared in that relationship. Number two is you need to be able to trust that individual. And trust means you want to feel secure in the relationship. So trust means that, hey, this person is reliable. They do what they say they're going to do. I can trust that they'll be there because they have a history of being there. I can trust that they're um, going to do what they say because they have been reliable and they do what they say. I can trust that they're going to be loyal to me because they have a history of doing just that. I don't have to worry about when I leave that person's sight that they're going to forget about me. They're going to start looking for another partner. Number three is honesty. So having honesty in a relationship also builds the one before trust. So when you're honest, when you make it a point to be open, transparent, um, telling the truth, not being deceitful and, and being reliable, consistency is very important because if you're inconsistent, you know, maybe one time you, you tell the truth, another time you lie, you, it's inconsistent. So you want to be consistent Um, Those are some healthy boundaries to have in a relationship, healthy conditions. Number four is, you know, is there support? Is there fairness, equality? So is there shared power in this relationship? Do we share the role of decision making? Is there a double standard? If there's a double standard in a relationship that can erode a relationship. When there are power differentials, when one person has all the power and the other person does not, that leaves room for abuse. So you want to have shared power. You want to be collaborative in the decision-making process. You want to feel, hey, I can both follow and lead. I can, uh, this is my partner. This is my teammate in this relationship. Those are some some conditions that make for a healthy relationship. And number five is separate identities. You know, sometimes people get in, in a relationship and they isolate themselves off from family. They isolate themselves off from friends and they make 
all of their life about their partner. And that's when you get an enmeshment, right? Because when you come into a relationship, you should have, you know, your unique separate identity, but also do life together as well. You want to have your separate identity because those fill other needs for you. And it gives you a richness of life where you can still be involved in your hobbies and your interests while still being in this relationship. So really making sure that you have separate identities. And um, sometimes we talk about relationships being 50-50. Well, when you have separate identities, it's 100%, 100% because everyone is coming in completely whole and healthy and not needing to complete each other like the 50-50. 50-50 means you only have complete and you need the other person to complete you. And that is a codependent relationship. And that typically erodes over time. But when you come in completely whole and you're partner comes in completely whole and you're doing life together, you're able to accomplish more, but you're able to have a healthy relationship as well. So number six is good communication. Everything, because we don't understand or we are not in the consciousness of someone else, the way we get along will be through communication. We tend to interpret everything that happens. So if your partner says something, you can interpret it one way, but with good communication, right? The other person is aware of what they're feeling and how to get that information to land to where the other person understands or the message is received. So good communication is the bedrock of healthy relationships. So making sure that you have good communication and that you can compromise and really get things done together. The last one that I have, number seven is have a sense of playfulness, fondness. You know, your relationship should not be a business venture, but have fun. Um, You know, enjoy each other's company. Um, You know, whether you have a great sense of humor, but just a sense of playfulness and fondness helps maintain your relationship over the years. All right. So in conclusion, this is what I want to leave you guys with. When you decide to be in a relationship with someone, understanding who you are as an individual will be paramount so that you know what you bring to the table and the ways you are looking to connect with others. Expect that love is something you must work for on a daily basis. No one is entitled to your love and you are not entitled to anyone else's love. The concept of unconditional love is not attainable. We must work daily to let the people we love know that we love them. And we do this through action. So understand that there are conditions on love, that healthy relationships exist with healthy boundaries. So plant the seeds of love with your actions every day so that you can make life enjoyable for you and your partner. Until next time, enjoy your day on purpose. If you have found this episode helpful, help us grow our audience. By providing us with a five-star review, you help make this podcast visible to others. Help pull others out of a dark space by showing that you care, by sharing this podcast with them. Nothing is better than a friend or loved one who wants you to up-level your life with them. Thanks for tuning in.